the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. A direct lift from Ric Flair, who says, I am the man to be the man. You got to beat the man. Mm. That's Ric Flair's voice. He's making the call. Good morning, everybody. What a special morning. It is Saturday, September the 30th, 2023. 710 KNUS Weather Center Weather Beauty, 87 to high, 84 Sunday, Monday, 80 degrees. A week from today for two hours in studio, uh, Jim Walker, Jimmy Walker, a.k.a. Dr. Daddio. Back to Denver's radio up in the time when it may have been, and I'll ask Jimmy when he's here, is he real? Were they really the first black O and O, or amongst the first black O and O owned and operated radio stations in America? But they had KDKO, mm. the Daddy O House Party, and he's awesome. he's a kick. Awesome. So Daddy's here now, off the air and on the air. Darren D Mac McGee. People know DMAG from doing radio in the city. What did, when did you come to Denver? 1999. And so, um, but, but that's when I started working here. My, my father, um, <laughs> he was selling like oil filters for Pure later and they, they wanted to transfer him to Albany. This is in 1977. And he just, he just refused to do it. So his, his father was the postmaster of, of Hingham, Massachusetts. So he was slinging mail at three o'clock in the morning. Like you'd think his dad was in charge, my grandfather in charge, but they put my dad like on the most, you know, um, junior of routes there. So he wanted to be Hunter Thompson. Hunter Thompson was a big hero of ours growing up. And so, did you ever meet him or talk to him? I did. Yeah. I got to interview Hunter one time when I was over at KVPI. It was such a thrill. My two two of my father's biggest influences were Hunter Thompson and Peter Max. Ooh. And I got to interview both of them at one point. I had my dad on with both of them. I got my wow. dad on. It was really, really cool. Anyways, he um, he wanted to be like Hunter Thompson. He wrote a book. And he wanted to write another one, so he moved the entire family out to Steamboat. So I spent one year in Steamboat, Peter, when I was in third grade. I was in Mrs. Stanko's class in third grade. We lived uh, right alongside uh, Mount Warner, Steamboat in the 70s. Oh, Peter was nothing. I mean, it really was a cowboy town yeah. back in the 70s. And, I, and, and he didn't get the book published. We ran out of money, and then we moved back to Massachusetts. And I said to my dad, upon reflection, like, why didn't you just move us to Aspen, like where like where Hunter Thompson was? Why didn't you move us to Summit County? Like, why did you move us like in the middle of nowhere? We we would have stayed in Colorado, and he just really didn't have a all these years later. He doesn't really have a good well, answer for that. The, the, but here from ninety nine, you go home to um, be with what you and I were talking about on the air and off the air. Mm-hmm. That's where you belong. Yeah, Colorado is such a strong pull for me. And I was offered a job at WAF in Boston at the same exact time I was offered a job at KBPI in Denver. So, Peter, I had a chance. I thought my dream was going to be in Boston morning show rock radio. That's what I grew up listening to. And I had it. I had the offer. There you go. And... um when Denver came back with a slightly better offer, I had been out to Colorado. And you know what, Peter? It's, hey, I love my family. I, I love them. Ain't nothing like Colorado, pal. I mean, nothing like Colorado compared to the East Coast. Who was your first boss? 
in Denver at KBPI. Uh, uh, Bob, uh, uh, well, uh, Bob Richards was oh, my yeah. program director, yeah, yeah. and then Lee Larson of was was there, and um, there were other people that um, became my boss. That wasn't so great for me. We, <laughs> we're talking about KHAL Radio. When I was doing um, 8 to Midnight, and Hal and Charlie were the cream of the crop. Yeah, 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 of course. Well, they would bring these people in, mm-hmm. and... Uh, Charlie Martin, they were program directors or managers, whatever title they, jackets they put on them. Mm-hmm. And Charlie started calling them the visitors. Because <laughs> 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 they'd be there for, you know, some period of time. Yeah, yeah. And every, we had great numbers, so everybody ignored them. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know... <laughs> listen, man, if things are going well, don't don't mess around. You know, Some I mean, people have to. Well, okay. I mean, you know, it's... I've I've been a, a manager, boss, program director. I, I didn't really like it. Oh, um, you know, sometimes it's like you know you, you got to do what you got to do in the business, but it, it just it, it, so I've done it. Um, but I do love I do love the creative aspects of what can we do? Yeah. What 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 is this show? What what creativity, Peter? Now I'll, I'll give you this. And Greg Penner, yeah. owner of the Broncos, Absolutely. said it. He goes with running Walmart. The the thing I never want to hear is we just do things because that's how we've always done them. Yeah, yeah. And I I could not agree with that more. And I'm always thinking about this is really fun for me. This is really really fun for me. But I never go down memory lane, uh, or very 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 rarely. I love this. Don't get me wrong. This is fascinating. I can't believe anybody would care about like my journey or what. I think, what, I, I what's think gone you'd through. be surprised. Much like. Um this business, and again, I'm reading this book now entitled Hoax about Fox News, mm-hmm. but the guy really is brilliant, and he spends the first period of the book talking about how important morning television becomes. Mm-hmm. And he ta- we talked about it in the last hour. He takes it back to Dave Garraway. Garraway was a lot smarter. than well, He was great, but he got it, that there's people watching you that are in their pajamas, cup of coffee, mm-hmm. hung over, still drunk, without a litany of things, but he mm-hmm. knew they were there. Yeah. And that Ailes, who was, you know, the evil genius that mm-hmm. Roger Ailes yep. was, yep. Yep. Uh, Roger Ailes was, respons- was responsible for Rush Limbaugh. Mm-hmm. And then Rupert Murdoch just backs the truck up and says, do that on television, right. and he creates Fox. Right, right. And so they knew, Ailes knew, Ailes is brilliant, Ailes knew and so when he builds the couch and puts the people on it, and he called it Fox and Friends, mm-hmm. and it was it was it was duty bound. And he looks at this legacy. Well, we're no different. Um, people, as you pointed out, who cares what I say? Well, there are people that care about what you say. Well, I've I've found that out, and it's humbling, and oh. it's um it's awesome, and and then you you say, when when you hear people say they've grown up with you, oh yeah, they've lived a life listening to you. I've dated women that said they rode to school with their dad listening. <laughs> Peter, it's 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 more awesome than I could have ever anticipated because oh, yeah. all I wanted when I was 11 years old, is to be on the radio. Oh, sure. And the concept of connecting with an audience in an area as wonderful as Colorado 
and the Denver Metro, but now people can listen to you, of course, all over the world. But to to essentially find a bond with people that we have all of this in common, I don't, I really don't think I could ask for anything more. Seriously, and, and like people have asked me, well, wouldn't you want to go to uh, New York or mm. Los Angeles? And I go, hey, I mean, there might have been a part of me at some point in my career, but the older I got, the, the less impressed I was with all the people in those places. I tell you who I really admired and, and, and admire as we speak. Mandy Connell comes to town. You know how tough it is to come in talk radio. You got to learn all the sheriffs. You got to know the names of the. <laughs> it's counties. difficult. You got to be accepted too by the community. It's well, not not but, easy. But it's and not so. I'm a, I'm a Mandy fan. But she was able to. I mean, I the mayor, who's the chief of police, who's on city council. If they took you or me to Miami, yeah, and said, okay, now you got to do talk radio, which is principally a local, mm-hmm. uh, at least a local art form. How long would it take me to learn even the names of the counties? You'd figure it out, though. You'd you'd, fi- you'd, you'd figure it out. She I mean, but there's. That, I think. It's I think. If, I, yeah. I mean, but here's what you you'd figure it out. You could do a show tomorrow. I could too. Oh. However, to build a connection with an audience, yeah. you, you you gotta put in the blood, sweat, and tears that takes. I mean, Peter, it takes it takes literally decades to to really connect with people. And it's art. There's there's speaking to people, and then there's being amongst people. What got you in the most trouble, do you think, in all the years you were doing this? Tricky question. Um, the most trouble. By by what standard? You pick. <laughs> lay it off. That was called a layoff. <laughs> um, As I turned my head to say that. Uh, the most trouble. Well... I, I got to admit, for for however controversial or whatever that people might consider me, it, it really hasn't been like. I'll tell you what was sticky. I'll tell you what was sticky. Re- relatively recently, was the Broncos ownership stuff was pretty sticky. Like um, that. That's a that's a tough conversation because you're getting into behind the scenes details that are amongst the kings of the world, kings and queens of the world, when billionaires are going against billionaires. And, you know, that surprisingly was something that was interesting behind the scenes that I've never really talked about. And I I feel fine saying it now because it's all resolved itself and there's really nothing going on now. Um, In terms of little stuff, you know, I've done stunts, Peter, that, you know, we had, uh, do you remember Mudfest? I was going to bring that up. (laughs) Okay. Well, I mean, when when, when you're being arrested in Boulder. We were working together. You know, and we were working together. Willie B. It was me, Willie B. and Mark Stout. There you go. We were up in Netherlands, and I was relatively oh. new to living in Colorado, and Willie had this monster truck, and he was like, ah, we do mudding. And I'm like, I don't know what mudding is, but okay. So we go up to this... It was, it was swamp. Be- it was well, it was beautiful. It was yeah. just, there was nothing up there. It was, and there was lands there, or what was it? It, it was, was, well, we, yeah. I found out what it was. Yeah. At the time, it, it, was, it looked like... It was just beautiful Colorado, high country, Netherland, like, and then and there was like eight of us. How many people showed up? Well, this is one weekend. There's yeah. eight of us, yeah. and and there's two trucks, and you roll the truck in there, it gets stuck. Yeah. Six of us were laughing at the one guy stuck, sure. and I'm like, you can do this? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 We do this all the time. This is all we do. We, I go, this is legal. You can actually. I, I don't know. I have never done anything like this in can my you life. You drink beer while we do this. I guess. I mean, you know, it's like, oh yeah, it's fine. And then we got the trucks out, and I'm like. Well, we should do this. Like, this should be like a fun thing. And like, 
And our, our boss at the time was like, I don't know. I don't think we could officially sign off. But this mm-hmm. is back kind of in the day. Mm-hmm. It was a little like nod, nod, wink, wink. Huh? You know, let's go. Peter, the next weekend, there were four. You, you would I, think there's an army. I remember. Like there was an invasion of Netherlands. I remember. And it was kind of a gray, soggy day. Yes. And it wasn't as brilliant as, like, the bright sun the weekend before. <laughs> and can you imagine this armada rolling through this small, quiet little town? Big tires. And, and, and the funny part is there were just more people watching. There really were only about six or seven, like, trucks getting mm-hmm. stuck. But, Peter, there was, like, 300 people watching it. I remember. And and it happens, and then we see police cars, and I'm like, wait a second. Maybe this isn't something we should be doing. <laughs> and uh, uh, so, but, but but Mark and I, Stout, we didn't know. It wasn't mm-hmm. our, we didn't know what the hell was going on. Uh, we trusted Willie on this particular case, and I don't think even Willie realized it was that no, big of a deal, no, to be quite honest no, with you. No. But we were just, you know, the show was very popular at the time, and a lot of people showed up, and really it was a lot of hooting and hollering, and there was nothing going on. But holy cow, yes. did the media get a hold of it, and the, the, the Channel 7, I believe, paid some money to get some video I from somebody. I remember that as well, too. And yeah. then there was a story about it was an endangered species for the boreal that, toad. That, that was what I was going to remember. Nobody ever it? saw the boreal toad. <laughs> Up there, but apparently it was the ideal place for the boreal toad, and um, and it was. I mean, it was crazy. Do you know the lawyer I got? Nathan Chambers was. I know Nathan. He's a very dear friend. He was my lawyer. He was great, and his other client was Timothy McVeigh. So I used to joke around with him. I go, "Hey, you're one for two. Can I tell you a story real quick? Sure. He grew up uh, pretty close to where I grew up. Okay, and they're, they're coal miners, and so we meet and become fast and furious friends. So we go to lunch, and I'm trying to think of the name of the place we go. He's got a telephone with him. It's like way bigger than this water bottle plus my phone. It's huge, just big, big black mobile phone. And he sets it on the table. Mm -hmm. And Judge Mache had appointed him to take Timothy McVeigh to his death. Mm. And McVeigh was in the death house in Terre Haute, Indiana. Mm. And um, I said, so what's the phone? He said, Rings one way. Mm. I said, where does it ring to? Mm-hmm. Said, Give me the chills. Said, There's where it goes. He said, if he, if Timothy McVeigh changes his mind yeah. and doesn't want to die, right. I get the phone call. Crazy, right? I said to him, so I'm sitting there with him. I said, Nathan, does it ring the other way? Because mm. <laughs> I, I want to see. Like, you want to talk to Tim? No. You want to chat him up? Want to do the show? Come on. Oh, that's no, funny. I mean, no, but was he... Nathan was great. Nathan was great oh, for me. Um, I, I know he was a real. Uh, you, you, who did he represent? Just you? Or did he have? Everybody? Yeah, we all we we each had our own. I thought so. Um, the company was actually great. Yeah. the company supported it was, us. It was Don Howe. Yep, Don. Don was great. Lee Larson. Don was. Don is a, a special dude. Like I, I have man. nothing but respect for Don Howe. And Lee was great too. Actually, the whole station was was very supportive. And um, and listen, Boulder probably got a little. You know, a little. I mean, they got a little out of control with the whole thing, and it beca- it got blown up. Peter, we were on the front page of the paper for like a seventy five dollar fine. We got fined seventy five bucks for organizing more than ten people without well, I, a permit. Well, I remember all of it. Like a seventy five dollar fine is on the front page of the. I might have might have been the Rocky actually back then, and um, the whole thing was just like ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It was. Listen, the guy. It was private property, but the but the, the owner of the property was a gold miner, yeah. and he just you know he wasn't really he, he he wasn't really paying attention to the area. It wasn't it wasn't it was beautiful, but it wasn't like some sort of amazing pristine area for toads. It was it was just like a little bit of a mud bog. But but that being said, that being said, 
just to be clear, we shouldn't have done it. No. <laughs> uh, we, we did the wrong thing, not yeah. the right thing. Um, and the, 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 the company stuck, stu- uh, stood mm-hmm. up for us. So I have nothing but good things to say about everybody. Did it's your, just a crazy story. Did your numbers go up or down? Way up. See? <laughs> I see. It's a ratings getter. I, I was telling somebody the story about when all of the. Um, oh, that's terrible. All, 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 it wasn't worth it, though, no, Peter. It wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Well, the, the Fleet Street guys who now work for the Inquirer and come here and they they are what people have dubbed dubbed checkbook journalists. They'll pay for the story. Mm-hmm. So when the Ramsey case happens, yeah, and these guys. They parachute in. There's so many of them, and they're all out of Florida. But they're they're Cockneys and they're Australians and they're you know they're they're wonderful to be around. And so I meet the guy who is the publisher. They're all published under one in one house. And I said, you know, we're talking. Good guy, very approachable. And I said, how do you do these stories? He said, well, and he kind of looks around. He goes, we weigh and measure. Mm. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, we do this story. And we figure out how much we can get sued for. <laughs> he said, then we say, how many editions are we going to sell? <laughs> Balance. And if the one's greater than the other, we do the story. Where did that go for you with, um, boy, you were so into that uh, stuff. Like, like at the end of the day. So, so it was the, it was the um, brother, right? No, at, mother. No, mother. Oh, really? Uh-huh. All right. I don't want to. <laughs> no, I don't know. I don't okay. All right. <laughs> I'll leave, yeah. I'll, I'll leave it alone. Yeah, I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. Leave it alone. <laughs> but that was, a, uh, Peter, you were, that was wild. That was a time. That was a time. That we, was a time. I ended up almost getting thrown in jail. I mean, I mean. Yeah, I was going to ask how that went for you. Like how, you we must were, have faced some interesting developments because of that. I, I just told a story. We're talking to Stefan about it. I was taken, how much time we got? We close to a break, Lou? Well, we'll break and go back and pick that story right. up. D-Max right. here, Peter yeah. Boyle, 710, KNUS, Denver's talk station, and again, law offices of Danny Kaplan. Stan's believed to be the only only attorney in Colorado history to win five straight multi-million dollar verdicts in, a mo- in motor vehicle crash cases. And Danny and his partner, and all of his partners, young guys in and out of uh, DA's offices, won the largest truck crash jury verdict in Colorado history. The firm's history of seven and eight figure settlements, and of course, the verdicts speak for themselves. This is my friend. Our family went through some stuff, and Danny was there. It's a firm with good people from all walks of life, without regard to the ability to pay, received the, again the level of legal representation that the rich and powerful enjoy. Dan Kaplan's Law believes talks cheap, experience counts, results matter. The firm would be happy to share with you its track record of outstanding jury verdicts out-of-court settlements. So, Danny believes that who you hire speaks volumes about you. They suggest you choose a firm that shares your values. I urge you to make a phone call. Something's not right. You want to get the truth. 303-770-5551. It's faith, it's integrity, it's hard work, it's dedication. Dan Kaplis Law, C-A-P-L-I-S Law dot com. 303-770-5551. Ron in third and heading to home, 87 to high, 84 on Sunday, Monday, 80 degrees. D-Max with us. I'm Peter Boyles. Next week, Jimmy, Dr. Daddy-O Walker's in studio. Um, we were telling stories about, and I'll do the quick one because I want to talk about what's next, but um, I was taken maybe 10, 10 days, 10 working days, or maybe 10 days, 
after the little girl was murdered. Mm-hmm. We're talking about Jean Benet. And this person, who had a badge in this person's pocket, took me to breakfast and showed me not the ransom note, but a copy of the ransom note. Mm-hmm. And I saw it. Mm-hmm. So, intelligent human being that I am, I go on the radio the next Monday, and I said, I saw the ransom note. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Was that a mistake? <laughs> well, it's, all, it's like, should I have taken this truck out there? Yeah, maybe. So... I get done with the show. We're we're all working together. You know, we're down on uh, on Lawrence Street. Oh uh, yeah. yeah, I was only there for one week, but oh, I know what you're talking. Yeah. I was there for one okay. week in that building, but and yes. That, and so the front desk calls and says, "There's a couple people in the audience. Not in the audience. A couple people out here want to talk to you." Yeah. And I go out, and that's where I met the Fleet Street. That's where I met the tabloid guys. Interesting. So they say, "Well, can we take you to dinner?" And I'm I was fascinated by them. Yeah. So we went to Rodney's. And okay. my ex, right. my ex wife and I, and these guys, and mm-hmm. I got a class ring, and finally about you know, one third through the dinner, he grabs my hand, he points to the spring, and he says to my ex wife, he said, "Do you like diamonds?" And she said, and I'm going, she likes diamonds, and he said, "I'll give you a diamond that big, if he gives me the note." <laughs> it was it's called checkbook journalism, right? That's so, wild. But. First of all, I didn't have the note. Number two, I wouldn't have ever done that. Right. But it does turn out that they give the ransom note to the, I think they're called cryptologist, mm-hmm. Sky and Evergreen, who was mm-hmm. a Fed. And these idiots go up and they try to bribe the guy. Wow. They try and buy the Relentless, note. Relentless, huh? Oh. Relentless. There's no bottom. These, I mean, I, I'm in awe of them. Because <laughs> I think, boy, you got some rocks until you meet these guys, right? No. So anyhow, long story short, the yeah. defense of them was they were showing the note around, and they showed it to me. Interesting. And my son, who was a little guy then, we were skiing. He gets subpoenaed. <laughs> they open the door. Oh wow! Yeah, he he cuts us. He he has to go with me to the Taj Mahal. Wow! And it ended up I went out there three times, and I kept claiming, "Well, we got a press shield. We have a press shield." Yeah. And they were screaming about. Does talk radio have a press shield? Of Fascinating. Of course it does. You know, right, of course right. we have a press shield. Right, right, right. Ends up finally the judge was a woman and who finally just said, Look, get out of here. You know, you're you're not gonna do anything and I'm not gonna do anything. Right. Jump ahead in time. Mm-hmm. I'm at this fundraiser with DeAngelis and Tom Tancredo. Okay. And they asked me to go, and I'm like, ah, sure, I love these guys. Yeah. This guy comes up to me. And I'm standing in the food line, you know, getting barbecue beans or something. Right. I said, you remember me? And I went, <laughs> he said, uh, I wanted to throw you in jail in Jefferson County. Wow. For, 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 he would, he'd, been a, he'd been a prosecutor in Jeffco. Whoa. And I thought, I'll go to jail. You know, That would have been something. I'm like Al Capone going to Cook County. Hey, you know, baby. Come on, come on, I can go. So, know, bit, that'd be ratings gold for you there, pal. So, oh, <laughs> that's why I ask you if your numbers went up after. They did, they did but it's like it was so stressful. Oh. And I just – I wouldn't want – I wouldn't – it's not worth it. You know, that wasn't, wasn't worth it. It's not why I got into <laughs> – Listen, I, I I like stories and I like asking questions, but I I didn't you know to be the center of a story is is uh, not that, exactly the idea. I mean, that's kind of what happened. Yeah, it, it, you know you stumble into it sometimes in your career. It's not intentional, but in you know I guess I'm going through a little bit of that right now. No, but I was going to ask you. There's so many other people, Peter, that are man. Sometimes when I just drive around, I think how how is everybody doing this thing, man? Like how is everybody getting through this life? 
And I, I, you know, I live really close to here. We're we're in uh, basically mm-hmm. uh, Parker in two twenty five, right? Is that fair? Yep. Okay. I live right down the road. I, I live um, at, at behind Spokey Hill High School, which is four miles here. I rode my bicycle over here today. You know, so when I just look around this neighborhood and that intersection mm-hmm. oh, and all the homeless. Yeah, man. And that just wasn't the case when I first moved here. I mean, there's always been people with signs at that intersection mm-hmm. for sure. But but man, it's it's, it's a city. En- it's encampments, no, Peter. It's a city now. And I just don't have I feel so sad and I, I just have no answers whatsoever. I, I just know that it's it's something that's got to be dealt with. And and I would I would suspect like most issues, it's complicated. And it's not just one thing or another. It isn't and it is uh, the 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 river that runs through it is addiction, alcohol and narcotics. Um if you could get any of those people sober, those camps would go away. I think that's hard to do. Of course it is, but nevertheless that's the it's the Gorgon knot. Well, yeah. listen. If there's a way to do it, I'm not. I'm not smart enough don't to know it. what it is, but I'm all for it. Can you force people into sobriety? I don't think so. No, I, can, I don't either. But that's the answer. When let me jump to this. Sure. When, sorry. when we, uh, when you, you and I were texting, and you said, um, and I'm, this is not a setup. Just there, condi- there are things you can't talk about. Correct. Um, the end of the trail comes. Were you like? I told you my story. They called me in. It was a setup, and you know, and I have told people they, they suddenly, you're holding the hand grenade. Mm. Were you? How were you told? I can't get into okay. it. Okay, I can't. I, no, and no, and no, I, no, I, no. I just, I, I get listen. It. I'd I get love it. to. I know. I can't. I know. No, listen. and um, maybe in a year from now, Peter. No, you can. Sure, <laughs> we, we can talk. Let All me just say this. Let me just say this right. about where I was. If it. It changed my life for the positive because it took me in a path of my career that I needed to go to support my family. And I had been fired from KBPI and I was working in Colorado Springs while I was doing all the mm-hmm. you know talk stuff to try to get into that world. The opportunity I got at, at the fan was, was un- oh. unbelievable. Oh. It changed my life forever. Um, I have learned in this life, I seriously believe there's more good people than bad. And I am so eternally grateful for for that opportunity that I had for so many years. So I really have nothing bad to say whatsoever. And you know what's funny, Peter? Now that I'm just a couple weeks away from it, um, anger is subsiding. And I just feel like, hey, listen, it's great talking to you because you just realize through our lives, you just there's change as part of it. And what's next? And the most in, incredible question that I can ask is what's next? And now I can just ask myself that at my age. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky, Peter, where I have so much energy and excitement and motivation um, that I can't wait for what's next. And, and it will be. I mean, I, as I said to you early on, all great champions get back up off the canvas. Yeah. You will. I mean, I appreciate there, it. No, there's not a doubt in my, my mind that you, that, you know, you'll work and you'll be working sooner than later. I, I was ushered out of that building as you were, uh, not the fan building, but no, it, uh, Clear Channel. It was Clear Channel now, the known as iHeart. Yeah, and you know what's funny? The turnover there—it's all new people. Of, uh, from it's it's like it's completely different. Tom it's, Martino is turning seventy, so Mark <laughs> Mark, Mark Major calls me, and he said, uh, "We're going to sneak. We want you to co-host with Tom on a oh, so, no. so that's cool. I told him I said, "So Mark, walk around at every door that's locked. You know, with a Knock on it. Yeah. 
whoever answers it, say, look, we want to bring Boyles back in this building. <laughs> Are you cool with it? <laughs> well, let me tell you really quick. So Susie Wargen, who I love, yeah. love Susie, asked me to do a podcast from that building. Ooh. And I was nervous. I hadn't been in there in 15 oh. and a half years. And I walked in and a lot of change, a lot of change. Oh, they got just two floors. They do. They just have two floors oh. where they had the entire building when when I first was there, and um and boy, they couldn't have been nicer. Same and, thing. And and I I just I felt like I wow I've kind of like I was home a little oh. bit because that's where I first started working, and so it. But I was I'm not going to lie, Peter. I was nervous. I don't know how you felt Both about walking back in. I was nervous. My daughter. Who said, "Hey, Dad, they're setting you up. They're, they're, <laughs> they're going to they're going to arrest you for what you did eleven years ago." So you walked back in after eleven years. I, and, and How'd you feel going back in there? I parked in the circle, and <laughs> not in the back. You didn't park no, in the back. Park parked in the, in the circle. circle. Yeah, fast getaway. <laughs> and I said, and I'm thinking to myself about, and it didn't hit me till I left. So I go in the lobby, and everything's different. There's yeah, no yeah, yeah, totally different. Mark Major comes from behind the glass. Yeah. We go upstairs, and I'm going, this is just so different. Uh, crazy, and right? I, and I saw Kathy Walker. Oh, Kathy's so, so great. Just, I love Kathy. So when I sit in with Tommy, Brownie. Same and, studio? The K-House studio? Yeah, the K-House studio. Okay. Same, is it the same? No, it's all with different wallpaper. But same physical location? Oh, yeah. Tom's sitting okay. at the head of the table. Okay. And, um, okay. Oh, my God. So, for you. Holy cow. That so was wild. Ross Kaminsky comes over, goes on air with us. Uh, Brownie calls. Uh, my heavens. Capless calls. Oh, that's great. And we just had everybody. And when I How'd walked, that feel? It felt relief. Okay. And... Um, and I so I I had to leave. I actually I was coming over to do Stefan's show, the afternoon drive show okay. here. Yeah. And I went out and got in my truck, and I'm sitting in that circle. Yeah. And I said, you know, I think it was 11 years. I said when I was, we both know Chandra. Yes, she I was, love Chandra. I all oh, I love Chandra. I can't. I mean, I'll tell, HR some, HR person someday. Chandra, yeah. you know, I was part of the Perp Walk, you know. <laughs> yeah, me yeah. too. And so. I'm sitting in the truck, and I'm thinking, X amount of years ago, I was in a divorce I didn't want. Mm. My daughter had been diagnosed with some serious illnesses, mm. and I lost my job. <sighs> and I wasn't a kid. And yeah. uh, and uh, John Baggett, who you may or not remember, Johnny was Sounds familiar. Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Johnny had come over here to work for, for Brian, mm -hmm. and I get the phone call. Mm -hmm. And he said, hey, man, they want you to come to work. And I went. That's awesome. And we met at, um, was it Cold, 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 Cold Ritter? Or Cold, a cool River. River. Cool River. Cool River. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I Over in the Bellevue Brian, Plaza Brian, there. Brian yeah. and Kelly. And, yeah. uh, and as we said, I got off the beach. But uh, That's awesome. But that moment. And Lee Larson, here we are. Yeah, lovely. I said, I said, boss, what should I do? He said, don't sign anything. <laughs> That was his advice. That's what Lee said. Hey, don't sign anything. I'm actually going. I'm going to be with him on Monday. Oh, please tell him I said hey. I promise I will. I love Lee. He's, he's my he's, idol. Yeah, he's he's one of one man. Uh, oh, I said, legend. I said, what should I do? Because I was driving over and I knew, you know, I was getting the cigarette and the blindfold. I mean, I I knew it. Can I give you a fun a fun sure. um, uh, Lee Larson sure. story? So um, so we're at KVPI. We're a bunch of wise guys yeah. over there at KVPI. And, you know, we were tasked, the concept was um, Lewis and Floorwax yeah. were kind of the, 
older, snarkier yep. guys, and we were the younger, snarkier guys. And the, together, we were supposed to defeat yep. Howard Stern, who was on yep. um, a station. I don't even remember what station he was on. And so, so like we were all supposed to work sort of on the same team together. But there, inherently, there's going to be some competition between the two. So every day, I went to work like, how can we, you know, be the yeah. most outrageous yeah, show? Oh, sure. So John Elway, or there's some sort of charity golf tournament, and we said, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we sent our intern up to the charity golf tournament to like heckle what's going on, <laughs> no, and like to yell things out and that sort uh, of thing? And it was it was a, a a young woman who was doing that for us, and we said, ah, we can't really do it, so we'll fake it. So we had her, we just had her, Peter, we just were faking that she was yelling. She was just like in the other room. And, but, but we were doing such a good job with it. And, and, and Lee was very close with Elway and the whole oh, thing. Real. The only time Lee ever came into our studio in five years, he just, get her out of there. Get her out. Get, get, she's like in the next room. We're like, get her out of there. And, um, oh gosh, we laughed at that one. Tan Crato. This is a Tan Crato story. Tan Crato's filling in. And it was at the time when, and it turns out to be true, the allegation of a, uh, of a deep friendship between Governor Romer and his chief of staff, B.J. Thornberry. No, you're going back. You're going back before my time on this one, but go ahead. Greatest name in politics, okay. B.J. Thornberry. All right. So Tommy Tommy goes, and he's – who is he filling in for? Somebody – it wasn't me, it was, but it was some KOA thing. Mm-hmm. And Tommy's in there talking about it. And all of a sudden, <laughs> Larson's staring in the window. And – I mean, that's to the villain guy. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you know? And and it was like, um, and and Larson, you know, Larson's going, you know, the the the, oh the, the slander part of this has to be over the moon, right, 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 right. And so you remember the scene in Goodfellas when when Henry Hill finds out that they ripped off Luf, Lufthansa, right, and he's in he's in a shower, Jimmy, yes, he did it. So as Tom tells me the story, the next day this, I don't know what magazine it was, breaks the pictures of um, their lip-locking in, oh my in, 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 in the airport. So he was right. He, he was right. He was right. He wasn't, so, you know. But, but he he thought, like, he said he's beaten on a shower wall. You know, Jimmy, you know, yeah, yeah, Peter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, know, you, know, you know, I got to give Lee and, and the management um, oh, the uh, so much credit because to, to really be bold and to be able to really communicate, you've got to take a certain amount of chances oh. and not where the line is, who knows. So if you don't have management like Lee, who was amazing, to, to ultimately – and I had, I had Bob call for many, many oh, years. Yeah, Bob is just – Bob is a hero of mine, yeah. um, and when you have people like that, hey man, you can do bold things. You're, you're going to have to get snapped with a towel, kicked in the butt every now and then, but but at the end of the day, they have your back, and I've been lucky with that. Well, Lee had a button. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> and when he would, they would, he would stand at the front of, and go like, put his hand up and go like this. Yeah. And you went into his office and you sat down. He hit the button and the door closed. Really? Game over. <laughs> I, did, I did not get, I did not. Never got the button? I, you know, I, I didn't. <laughs> many times. Uh, many times? Many times. Many times. We've, we've actually, he had the button. And we're, I'm going to see him Monday. And he hits the button and I go, the thing about Lee. Yeah. Is that, you know, I mean, nobody could drill you like he could drill you. Yeah. But in the end. Yeah. He'd tell you something good. 
Yeah, yeah, I, he's I, I love Lee, and um, you know, listen. Uh, sometimes, sometimes you have to leave for a little All bit, right. and maybe you come back. But, yeah. um, but he's you know, in great Brock. See, you know what's interesting about this? Look how many good things we're saying here. Yeah. Look at how many positive oh. things. How, how many? How much love we have for the so best. many people that sure. we've worked with, which is yeah. really, uh, I don't know. What, what's 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 to to just be angry and upset and bitter oh. is? I don't want to go down that path. Not this business. No. No, nope, not but me. But he either. was, he, it was always interesting because I was always, you know, getting us jammed up or something was going to happen. And, um, but we had great numbers. Numbers were good. Yep. <laughs> Revenue was great. Yeah. But he would st- come out of his office and that, he had that palatial office. And he, he did have a nice corner uh, office. And he'd go like they this. did. He did this with his hand. Yeah. I see you for a minute. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> and your, your perp walked into there with Donna. Donna was there. I remember Donna. And, yes. and then you sat in his office. And yeah. There was a button. So I'm going to ask him Monday where the button where the was. button was. And the door would close. Like, oh my god. You know. Yeah. And then he's and he and he would say now, and finger in ear now, and he had to explain whatever it is that you did, and. Uh, in the end, man, we we had look at look what was going on in oh, the early two thousands. Man, that was something else, huh? When you think of everything, like top to bottom on the FMs and the AMs, couldn't miss. And he, even like you know, um, KBCO had that. They're they're back in that bill, but they had they oh. were legendary back then, man. With what they had, I going ran into on. those guys when and one night walked into there all of them there having dinner and amazing, yeah, all those KB. The- I mean, think about it. What we were doing at KBPI and Lewis and Flores and the guys at KTCL, and then you go up to the AMs and um, we were, no, they had they were golly, smoke. they were smoke. There was some talent, man. I'm going to wrap and come back, and we'll get a chance to finish it up. 1144, right. D-Max with Peter Boyle, 710, KNUS. Next Saturday, Jimmy Walker, Dr. Daddio's in studio. He's got stories. 710, KNUS, hold on your hats. we got about six minutes. That time flew. Good morning, everyone. 87 will be the high today. 84 on Sunday. Back to work Monday. 80 degrees. I'm Peter Boyle's Radio Free Denver. Good old 710, KNUS. In studio, on and off the air, this has been such a gift for me. Uh, Darren McGee, of course, DMAC, is in studio next Saturday. Jimmy Walker, uh, Dr. Daddio, will come in and sit with us for a couple hours. I just said this to you before. Hey, I do have something to, to ask yes. you about. Because right. you said, what do you want to talk about? Yeah. I do got something for you. All right. What, what, what's, what's got your interest lately? Like, what do you find interesting today? Um, the last... Three and a half years. Um, I met, mentioned this book, hoax, mm. but I've between the, my passion and reading and and reading the the Trump books, the election books, the Clinton books. Um, I I, mean, I don't see a, I don't see a real good future right now. Yeah, it's tough right now. Oh boy, it's, it's tricky. Gonna, it's going to get worse. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. The older I get, the more um, distant I feel from all of it. To be honest with you, which is a little sad, I suppose. But you don't you don't have grandkids yet, and you know, not yet. You, you know, but but I think I I say I know my race is run. <laughs> Come on, you know what are you going to do to me, really? But my my children are adults, and now I have a grandson, mm-hmm. and I look at this guy walking a strike line, Joe Biden. Or I watch this other guy who's slipping into madness, and I think, well, and then I listen to what's called talk radio, 
you know, they're going to run. I'm saying, my so God. does this does that still interest you though? Does that oh, like yeah. it, it compels you? It, it's um, I stay away from it on Saturdays altogether. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay, so my my father's yeah. turning eighty seven, and you know what's amazing, and I love him so much. Mm. He's still so passionate yeah. about the things he cares about, and I'm just like, Dad, why do you? Yeah, I'm, I'm no. not trying to put you out, out to out of business here, but you know why do you why do you still care so much? I care, I care because of the, the the legacy is something that's significant. The future of the country, whether I'm here or not, mm-hmm. really is something that I feel so very powerful about. And I'm watching the nation literally come apart at the seams. So this still this is oh. this has your interest yeah. for sure. Yeah. This is this yeah. is what it is. Yeah. And you know there's yeah. all this talk about podcasting you get, and I, I write and I get to come in here but I've I, I love uh, that you read Peter. You know my dad is a voracious oh, yeah. reader. He yeah. reads two or three books a week. What's the island man? Scholars. Man, I tell you <laughs> it's uh he loves it. I love reading. Yeah. It's kind of this weird lost art but I've always got a, a couple books going. Yeah. And um, and I'm always up for recommendations. You know, if anybody, and my dad sends me books to this day. So reading to me is is and writing. I love writing yeah, as well. It's it's a passion yeah. for for me as well. So I'm glad you're doing it's it too. The, the, this book hoax is yeah. You, you've talked about it a bit. I'm gonna have to check it out. It's very good. All right. It's, and it's about Trump and Fox News and Roger Ailes and all that went on, mm-hmm. including that night and the Murdochs and you know and uh, everyone now included and in how much money they paid uh, in that lawsuit. What do you think is going to happen in round two? Uh, round two for... <laughs> Donald. I don't think he's there. I really? No, I don't think he's there. Why? How, how's, how's he not there? Oh, he can't win. Really? No, I don't think so. Okay. And But I don't think Joe Biden's going to be there either. Oh, who's going to be there? They're trying to figure that out. <laughs> And I always call them, I call them the, the, the kill hats, the guys in the kill hats. They're trying to figure out what we're going to do next. And they can't, they, they can't put Kamala Harris up. Okay. Because her own staff hates her. So they got to park her someplace like president of Columbia University or some prestigious she can walk away. Okay. And I mean, did you watch him on that strike line? I did not. I, I, I got to admit, I've, I'm, 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 I'm. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just take your word for I mean, it. Oh, he's just gone. I'll just take your word for and, it. And, you know, they tune this guy up. I don't think he's in charge. On the other hand, the other guy has just become maniacal. So smart money, if there is such a thing, please don't let either one of them, you know, in. But Biden is, he's lost his load. You know, he okay. clearly has. And, All right. and the other guy scares me more than than you can imagine. You so. know, it's it's a, a fa- where where are you with the electoral college or the popular vote? Where where where's your head at with that? Go, Be- go back to what the founding framing fathers said, and they did it because it was technology. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they couldn't lug all these ballots to be counted, yeah. so you had electors. And now, yesterday was it yesterday or Thursday? One of the Trump fake electors in front of the Rico in in Georgia said, "Yeah, I did it." He rolled over mm. and he gave it up. That that's exactly what they were doing. Of course, that's what they were doing. Now, lies will be told, and so what? But the proof will be in the pudding. The proof will be in the outcome. And I just don't think if if the country if 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 there's anything guiding this country, it will not allow either one of those two. Mm-hmm to be in a race this next time. Would you favor the expansion of the Supreme Court? 
No. Number-wise? When FDR tried to do it, they called it packing the court mm-hmm. to get the right people to come in and vote for his programs. It was wrong then. Okay. It's wrong now. Because to me, I really am out of touch with a lot of stuff. So I'm just being, I'll just listen in, um, whatever you're saying. The only thing that impacts me in terms of decision making sometimes, Peter, is the importance of who's on the Supreme Court. Like what, what they're doing. But that's so. how the system works. I'm getting yeah. the music. Oh, we're done. I love that's you. it? Th- two hours went too quick. All right. Thanks, D. All right, Peter. See you, Anytime. brother. Thank you, man. You All right, Jimmy Walker next week. Take care of yourselves, everybody. Cousin Louie, thank you, Bubba. See everybody soon. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.